Hello, Kickass listeners, and welcome to another episode of Kickass Chicks. Glad you're still along with us for the ride. I am your host, Jester Sanjos, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Mike McGlynn, you bloody legend. I actually can't believe I'm about to announce our next guest because she is the literal definition of a kickass chick. It is the one and only incredible Shauna Potter. Shauna is the lead singer of War on Women, which is a co-ed hardcore punk band, cool as shit. She's an activist author of her new book, Making Spaces Safer, and also an educator for her Making Spaces Safer campaign. All round, a force to be reckoned with. We called Shauna and chatted to her about her killer band and some of the experiences she's lived through. You'll absolutely love her. We thoroughly enjoy chatting. So here she is, the incredible kick-ass chick, Shauna Potter. Hi, Shauna. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Mike. Hi, Jess. Hi, Shauna. Good to speak to everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited. Thank you for to having me. You. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. So we are going to kick off with a question that we've uh, asked in the last episodes, and we love it so much. And I'm really excited to hear your reply. Shauna, do you think you're a kick-ass chick? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I find that question really interesting because everyone we've spoken to has had such varying responses. There's been a few where they've had a, a you know, no pause reply and it's, yeah, I'm, I'm killer. <laughs> And then others have been like, oh, mm, no, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I guess, I? I guess yeah. so. And I'm baffled by it because the women we've spoken to are incredible. So every time they're like, oh, I'm not sure. My my response is like, what? What do you mean yeah. you're not a kick-ass chick? You're, you're awesome. You know, I wonder if it's um, a cultural thing, though, too, because I think that in America, mm. yeah. saying chick, uh, com- that, that word has come in and out of fashion in different ways. And okay. so I think that it might be heavier than just like saying person, right? Yeah. Mm. So I, I could definitely see some people saying chick. I'm not a chick. Ah. Um, right. Um, there's, there's, you know, yeah. and, and it could be age. It could be status. It could, yeah. you could think maybe it's not as, 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 um, equal as woman, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so but in- I, I vividly remember being, when I was younger, like in junior high, I didn't want people to call me a girl because oh. I was like, that's that's demeaning. Like, I'm not a girl. I'm 13. I'm so old. But I was like, young. I am a chick, though. Like, I'm a cool chick. I'm mm. a rock chick. Mm. And I was really into that for like a year, you know. <laughs> well, when you mentioned the cultural thing, there's there's definitely a, a difference between Australia and America that that's talked about often, and that is Australia. Yeah. We get very cringy about about bigging ourselves up, whereas mm. in America, it's it's much more acceptable to go, yeah, I'm really good at this. I think Americans mm. do that better. <laughs> you know, but we we also. I think for us, it's more along gender lines. Okay. And so women are taught to um, diminish what they do and not take up space. And so therefore, if you find that you are, you know, a feminist or if you're trying to combat gender norms and stereotypes, 
you're going to go the other way and you're going to say, yeah, I am good at this. Mm. And it's important that you say it out loud because mm. you're awesome. fighting systemic sexism, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. just like, you're not fully yourself. You're just like counteracting yeah. what's going on in society. Yeah. So is that what you had when you were growing up? Were you taught to be kind of quiet and not be too boastful and the guys were taught to go show everyone what they could do? You know, I was very lucky being the only child of a single mother. Okay, wow. Well. <laughs> so I could kind of do what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I absolutely recognize that not everyone could or that you, I, I recognize that I was getting mixed messages from okay. society at large or other adults I wasn't related to um, or media, you know, movies and stuff. But mm. but I but at home, like I was like, I'm going to I'm going to make up a dance to this Janet Jackson song and perform it for you. And oh, my mom was her. like, that's great. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, like she was my biggest fan. She's my champion. And so that included being out there and, and performing. And, and that's, you know, when I got into performing is like really young because I knew it was okay to do that. What yeah. was the, what was the Janet song? Well, what song was it? The Janet song that I did a dance <laughs> to. I mean, like I was making up dances on the playground to like every pop song imaginable. Nice. <laughs> so I want to go back to the point that you made about the word chick and it's going in and out of fashion. So as you mm. can probably tell, I'm not Australian. I'm actually from the UK. So chick is not necessarily a sort of a lesser word or meaning in the UK. So I never even thought about the fact that some people might think that they're mm. absolutely amazing, but not want to be referred to as a chick whether it's a kick-ass chick or otherwise. What's that right. word mean to you and what's the connotation nowadays in America? I think now, I certainly can't, I, I couldn't say what the general consensus among all Americans is, right? Mm. <laughs> I'm sure it's like <laughs> regional. Sure. We're just, we're just too for big. for all Americans? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're too big of a country. There's too many regions. So, uh, but I would say in general, it might now just be a word used by men when they talk about, like, let's go get some chicks. Oh. It's kind of like, you can, like, make fun of a certain kind of dude and do an impression of that kind of dude by saying, yeah. like, yeah, chicks, man, let's go get some chicks. Yeah. Where yeah. they just want to go hit on people yeah. and hope for the best. Well, if any of those <laughs> so, guys are listening to this podcast, they're going to be very disappointed because we are not those type of chicks. <laughs> yeah, um, American men, this is not the podcast for you. Actually, it is. You should keep no, listening. No, it is the podcast for them. You, you will learn something yeah, for sure. They should absolutely be listening. <laughs> so we've had some really, really lovely guests on the show and there's been a mix of reactions about the sort of experiences that they've been having. I will say a lot of them have had really positive experiences, but all in mm -hmm. all, everyone has faced some sort of adversity or discrimination or, you know, something that I was basically expecting everyone to have horror stories. Um, mm. You have such an amazing band. Um, incredible. War on Women is incredible. Oh, thank you. It's incredible. And it's so powerful. <laughs> what's been your experience? I know it's a co-ed band, but what's been your experiences in the industry um, both before and after you, you started War on Women? You know, I mean, I've, I've, I, my experiences run the gamut because mm. I have been in plenty of different um, musical projects 
for lack of a better word, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that means different styles of music. Okay. That means ma- maybe I'm playing an instrument, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm a backup singer, maybe I'm the front person. Okay. Um, maybe it's like a one-off project you do for one weekend or maybe it's like a band that you're in for years Mm. maybe you're playing basements and like and dive bars or maybe you are on tour with you know baroness or (laughs) refused like we got to do you know like so i've been at every like so many different levels and so many different types of venues that i've had all kinds of experiences i think that so many factors go into how I might be treated in a place. It might be just the kind of place and what they expect and how they normally deal with women in that space. It might be, I mean, my age, sometimes I think, like, I'm sure I carry myself differently than I did 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. And that can really influence how you're treated if you Mm. just walk around like you know what you're doing, whether you do or not. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, not to say that it's your fault if you don't look confident if someone is no. harassing you or anything. But no. but those are like un- unspoken things that uh, can can affect the way you're treated. Um, uh, subconscious things. Right. Yeah. So I think that I, I've had plenty of great experiences mm-hmm. and I've been in like cool spaces where people are like overtly trying to make sure it's a welcoming place. I've been in places that are cool, um, kind of by accident. No one's really trying to do it. It's just happening. And who knows what it's like the next night. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are some places where it's like you walk in the door and they're like, whose girlfriend are you? Uh, Mm. You know, what do you do? And just immediately dismissive. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you always have witty comebacks after the fact. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, like right now I would say, well, definitely not yours. Let me in, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and everyone responds to that kind of stuff differently. I, Mm. I, I have a habit of, I either freeze up, you Mm. know, and just go, I just go, okay, whatever. And I just like leave the situation and like leave it unresolved. Or I say something funny, um, to kind of just like diffuse the situation but also take a little power back, Mm -hmm. you know, like let them know that they can't bother me, but I'm not going to entertain. I'm not going to suffer fools. Yeah. I know I'm talking a lot, but I will say that there have absolutely (laughs) been times where an employee of a venue is less than cool. Uh uh, In fact, remarkably uncool to me by commenting on me and our guitar player at the time, Nancy, um, commenting on our bodies. Wow. Like just saying stuff about how we look and what we're wearing, like before doors even open. And, and this is in war on women. Okay. And so like, I am in my late twenties at this point, I've started an anti street harassment organization in my town I'm already talking about harassment a lot and giving people advice on how mm. to deal with it. Mm. And I I still was just like, okay. And I just stayed away from him for the whole night. And then later I I tweeted about it. Just, hey, he, you know, something super vague. Heads up to venues. Maybe you don't comment on the performer's bodies <laughs> when yeah. they're playing your venue. <laughs> and the band we were on tour with saw, they saw the tweet 
And they said, who was it? We will take care of it. Oh, wow. That's and amazing. And that band was Anti-Flag. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And, and did they? They absolutely did. Brilliant. What did they do? And um, they contacted the club and they let the management know uh, what happened mm. so that the club could deal with it. Awesome. And because, And I have no idea if the club would have taken it as seriously if we had said something as like the, the measly openers that night, you know, mm. yeah. um, or if they took it more seriously because the headliner said something. Yeah. But mm. it was such a perfect example of exactly what male allies should do. And Excellent. because I had not had enough of those situations where I felt like I could trust people to be my ally and advocate, I didn't even know that I could tell them. Yeah. That, you know, I didn't mm. know they would help. And so mm. it's really kind of set a high bar where now I'm like, yeah, whoever we're on tour, if something goes down, you should be able to take, you should mm. care. Absolutely. If this happens to us. Mm. That's amazing. When you said before that some venues are consciously trying to create a, a safe environment and others <laughs> do it just, they just happen to be cool by accident. Which one gives you more heart? Mm. I think, uh, I don't know. It's nice to know that people are trying. Yeah. It is. I feel like it means that when something does inevitably happen, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it means they're more prepared for it when it does. Yeah. But I think seeing obvious, like, you know, and I, I wrote a book about this and I, I, it's one of the first things in the book is like, you got to put up signs at least mm -hmm. and let people know mm -hmm. what you're about or what yeah. to do if you are harassed in that space. Um, people need to know. How much do you think that's changed over the last 10 years, say? Oh, there's way more people being, uh, you know, overt about creating safer spaces. Definitely. So for those listeners who are um, listening to this podcast, you have a book, Creating Safe Spaces. Yeah. Let the listeners know where they can grab a copy as well. But have you had any positive feedback about any situations that you might have explained and suggested ways out of harassment or intimidation? And Yeah. So this book is called Making Spaces Safer, and it's available from AK Press here in the States. I know they have distribution overseas, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure everywhere or under what name. Basically, people should order it at their local bookstore. Like ask your local bookstore to stock it. Yeah, great. Um, that's the that's a really great way to to build the momentum and get attention and nice. And uh, you know, the 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 book is basically based on all the safer space trainings I've done over the last six years. I've been going into venues and businesses of all kinds mm. to teach them safer space tactics and to tell them what to do proactively to make their space safe, mm. what to do in the moment when someone complains about harassment mm. and kind of what to do after the fact and self-care and all that stuff. So that's amazing. It, this book is, it, it's jam full of information um, because I wanted to basically put everything I have taught or learned over the last yeah. six years into one resource yeah. so that someone could read it and know exactly what to do have and, all their questions answered yeah and everyone responds so differently as well like you mentioned like there's times it really depends on who I'm speaking to and where I am 
But my response to any sort of sexism or just, I, I generally just get these stupid little remarks that no one really <laughs> yes. picks up on as being sexist until I'm like, no, hold on a friggin' minute. Um, yes. <laughs> but it, it, it really does depend on who and where I am. So some situations I might be like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 you know. And then the other times mm -hmm. I'd be like, well, actually, no, you can't Get say fucked. that. That's not fucking appropriate. Yes. Like, how dare you? But I'm a very outwardly confident person. So there's so many people in not just music, in every industry that I can imagine would be like, shit, what do I do now? Mm. He said this thing. <laughs> What right. you know, and so I think having some sort of guidance, if not for yourself, but if you're sort of an employer and have people working with you to be able to recognize those signs and words, mm. um, to help in those situations, because there's so many people that I think I've definitely stood up for a few people who just haven't got mm -hmm. the courage to say, No, that's not okay, dude. Totally. Yeah. You know, shut up, that's not cool. It's and it's so necessary. So, yeah, I have things in the book for the person being harassed yeah. or the people that witness it or the people in actually that represent the space they're in that have mm. a little bit of responsibility and maybe even a little more power in the situation. Yeah. And, and when I say harassment, like just so everyone knows, like I mean any form of identity-based harassment. So it's not just about covering sexism mm -hmm. or transphobia. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's for racism, classism, Great. sizeism, yeah. ageism, yeah. Um, xenophobia, all, all the stuff. Like these tips are good for yeah. any kind of identity-based harassment. Did you hear about the blind orchestra test that they did, that they started bringing in? I, I think it was like 20 years ago or 30 years ago or something. Mm. And and orchestras in, in Europe were very dominated by men. And they realized that the audition wasn't a blind audition. And so what they did is they said, right, from now on, you're going to audition behind a curtain. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the numbers started to shift, but they still weren't 50-50. And they realized that they um, had to ask people to take their shoes off because they could hear when a woman was walking on with high heels. Oh, and my God. And as soon God. as they got everyone to take their shoes off, all of a sudden it became 50-50. And orchestras wow. all over the world do that now, and they're basically a 50-50 <laughs> split. No. Yeah. That's insane. And like, that's a story I, I, tell. I knew that's what you were going to say. Yeah. And it, yeah, I can't I'm, see I'm how anyone one. can, in the face of those... Uh, those stories and those statistics still claim that there's there's no discrimination in society anymore. <laughs> Me and you both, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have a theory? I mean, because it's easier to not change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like these things are in the ether. They're, we're being taught uh, these ideas uh, by society from mm. birth. Yeah. And so it's it's just hard harder work to unlearn things you've learned and yeah. then learn some new stuff instead, replace it yeah. with yeah. other things. Um, it's easier to just be like, nah, it's probably fine. Yeah. Not my problem. Yeah. And that's it. It's just easy. It's been this way for years, so why yeah. would I change it now? So on the sort of calling people out thing, for those that know me, um, they know that I'm not, I don't really shy away from things if there's somebody that's 
an ass, I will call them out on something that they've said. <laughs> you know, ass. if they said something mean or inappropriate, yeah. I'll be the first person to call them out. And I'll admit the way that I call them out is something I'm working on. Sometimes I can be very polite and respectful. And other times, usually when they trigger me, I'm not as polite. But I'm interested to know what your reaction or that the reactions have been to your activism, your book, your band. Because mm. when I firstly call people out or when I tell people about this podcast that we're running and I tell them the sort of background and the context and why I wanted to record the whole thing, I get a lot mm. of mixed messages. No, don't get me wrong. The, the overall response has been brilliant. Mm. There have been some, and I will say men, that have responded in a more negative way to say, and they don't really? see it. They don't see it as negative or patronizing, but it is. So the response I've had is, "Oh, you're quite the feminist, aren't you? Good for you. You know, oh, that's it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, you're, you know, you're you're one of those. You're a mm, like you're, they have to label you. I don't. Who knows? Or like they're patting a little dog on the head. Yes. Yeah. That's what like, it sounds oh, like. Good, for, good for you. Yes, that's a really important subject. Oh, you know, I won't mess with you then. <laughs> wow. And you're doing much more impressive things in in that space. <laughs> well, what's your reactions been? Well, again, like, I mean, yes, I I do and I don't. I, I think that because I'm in a band called War on Women and I seem very angry. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, like it. I think, well, I, well, I'm saying I, I actually think that there is an amount of men that are maybe not intimidated, but they're not going to try to come up against me. Yeah. Like may, maybe they actually know they wouldn't win. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause they're just not used to seeing that. They're not used to seeing the kind of righteous anger that I know I exude during yeah. our shows. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not light pop punk music yeah i love it so much I, I, I mean, i'm always, I talk, I'm always talking it. to people about pop punk and i'm like just take the word punk out of it it's that it's just, it's pop music and, yeah and it's not for me when i listen to you um, your band it's like it's it's incredibly tight it's incredibly powerful oh, it's so it's, powerful it's, but it's got a rawness and attitude that you know that you're not sitting there going hmm how can we make this as palatable as possible yeah really Thank kick you. ass the i messages love it are so so important and i was listening a few months ago to your album and just some of the words i actually laughed because i was like this is so true why has yeah. no one said, you know, <laughs> yeah. like this resonates so much and not laugh in a sort of, you know, I was like, huh, no, I like it actually yeah. when people recognize like there are jokes in the songs, you know, like yeah. there are funny moments to me. And sometimes because it's a kind of a joke or a play on words and sometimes because you're like, yeah, this is just, yeah. this is so common or yes. of course yeah. this happened, you know. Dick pics, yeah, I will admit, I, I is it. one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, cool. Good. Yeah. That's that good. Made me giggle. The song, not the things. <laughs> no, definitely not the thing. The song. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, the folks yeah. playing yeah. really home. explicit here. Yeah. The song. Yeah. <laughs> so what's been, have you had any um, inspirations when you were growing up and now? Who do you look up to at the moment when you're feeling vulnerable or a bit low? Because everyone, you know... Even the most killer women have those low moments. Who do you look to? Or oh, who do you, who absolutely. Do you, yeah. 
I, and you know, for anyone listening, I, I think that I think I've just come out of the low moment. Oh, wow. Um, I, and I want to just like normalize that for people that I, I've been like sick for the last three weeks. Mm. Um, and I just felt bad and worn out and yeah. like to put that on top of, um, it's getting darker sooner here. Yeah, it right. got colder. Yeah. Um, all our touring is done for the year. And so yeah. there's no more audiences telling, you know, clapping at us. And, yeah. <laughs> and I, I couldn't get off the couch. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. go to work. I wasn't motivated to do anything. Mm. And it was like, it felt like acute depression, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and really, it was just my body needed to take care of itself, and, yeah. it, and it and it needed me to sit on the couch to do that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it, it felt, especially when you're used to either going to work all the time or knowing how much work you have to catch up on after being on tour all year, yeah. or you're used to taking care of others, or you're used to, you know being an activist and getting involved and knowing what's going on. Yeah. Like I just felt worthless cause I couldn't do any of those things. Yeah. And, um, luckily I just kept taking care of myself. Like the immediate is like not even self care. It's like more than that when it's like your literal health yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is at stake. Like I just kept watching my favorite shows mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, kept taking care of myself and made, some decisions of, you know, I had to cancel one thing, but I had to kind of rally for another. And I made those choices and, and eventually I, I've, I've gotten out of it. Like, yeah, that's awesome. And it kind of feels like just like the last couple days, honestly. Great. So if you're going through something similar, like you will get to the other side, just keep taking care of yourself. And when you need to reach out for help or, or vent to someone, like just let them know, just do it. Yeah. Like no one's a mind reader and everyone kind of has their own shit to deal with. Oh, and so yeah. they might not see that you need yeah. help Yeah. Um, when, when they have their own life to do. So I don't know. Look, um, I've, I've had a thing. Um, my, my stepfather <coughs> passed away last week and we had, mm. we had the funeral on Wednesday and I've been keeping it together really well. And on the morning of the funeral, I was just crying and crying and crying. And I just, I thought, okay, I'm going to let it out as much as I can, which hopefully will make the service a little bit easier. I got in the car and driving to the, the chapel where we had his funeral, I started to get really panicky and, I, and my breathing got really shallow and I felt like I was going to pass out. And we got there and I couldn't even get out of the car without help. It's probably been about four years since I've had like anxiety. And for about half an hour, I was sitting there trying to get my shit together. Anyway, I got it together as soon as my brother came up and said, right, we got to go. I, <laughs> I, I stood up and I kind of went into kind of game face and, and, and got through it. But yeah, but I yeah. was talking to my best mate yesterday and he said, what do you think the anxiety was trying to tell you? Mm. Mm. Um, mm. And I said to him, well, I, I believe that anxiety is your body's way of telling you that you need to reduce stress. But yeah. when, I, when he said, what it, what's it trying to tell you? I sat back and I went, I need to look after my physical health more. And so yesterday I went for like two really long walks and... Today I feel so much better and I think one of the important things about anxiety is a lot of people talk about anxiety as if it's like an invading force Mm. that's 
that's invading your life. And, mm. and, and what a, a counsellor told me was it's actually not an external invader. It's, it's your, it's, it's your <laughs> it's you. body saying yeah. you've got to take care of yourself, you've got to take care of, of me. And so that's just been my experience just in the last two days. That's a good lesson. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I just thought I'd share that with you. I'm no, not. and I'm sure someone needs to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Pretty. It's pretty tough. Yeah. yeah. Pretty that's tough. A, that's where you need internal compassion. Absolutely. So we've been talking quite a bit of some of the struggles that we've had and some of the experiences, what we can do to try and help each other and ourselves. I want to flip it a little bit, Shauna, because I'm imagining that with some of the stories that you have... You've got some great experiences to share as well. Can you tell us about some of your most sort of killer moments when you've thought, yes, this is it, I'm winning, or, you know, this is such an achievement? <laughs> I mean, I think the the moment I mentioned before when someone from the anti-flag team yes. said, what happened? Tell me, we'll take care of it. Like, that was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That was that was really lovely, and I and I always give them credit and compliment them. They're great, Brilliant. great guys. Brilliant. Um, I think when when my book got accepted yeah. by AK yeah. Press, amazing. <laughs> I mean, like on a personal level, that was huge. It's uh, huge. But yeah. then I also like you know my my motivation for writing this book was so that the information gets out there, mm. so that there are just more safe spaces to be. Yeah. in this world. Yeah. And so the idea that there would be a handy guide for everybody to kind of um, have the same base level of knowledge and skills on, on this stuff, like whether I wrote it or not, I was just stoked that it was going to be available for people. Yeah. Because um, I think it'll help. I think it'll help more people than I'll ever really know. Yeah. I would love for you anyone know? that's listening to this that has uh, purchased and read the book. I'd love for them to reach out to let us know their experiences yeah. and what they've what they've experienced since uh, learning some of the tips. Because I'm I'm sure, like you say, there's going to be heaps of people that you don't even realize have benefited from it that are just reaping yeah, their yeah. Tell us how do you compare the excitement of being a published author with the excitement of being in an amazing band? Um, it's like, it's like going solo. It's like, uh, Stevie Nicks or Uh. something, (laughs) um, versus Fleetwood Mac. Like it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, I've always been in bands. I've always played music with other people. I've never, I've never, like, I kind of, you know, messed around and did some solo acoustic stuff back Mm -hmm. in the day, but like, you know, I, I, I've always been in a band, so it's a very different feeling. Great. And Amazing. now the thing is, of course, it, it, I think it might even make it easier for me to sing the praises of everyone that helped me write it, though. Like, mm. I could not have done it without my editor at AK Press, Charles. Um, I couldn't have done it without the people that helped me co-create the safer space program mm-hmm. in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, people I've learned from along the way, people that submitted stories to the book, you know, it's like, I, there's no way I could have gotten this together without help. Um, mm. But it's, it's a really amazing feeling to be able to talk to people about something that I was just so passionate about and focused on for months and months and months and then now it's here yeah. and it exists. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, wow. Is there more of a sense of achievement in writing a book because music is something you've just always done and it's always come naturally to you and then all of a sudden you've 
got to try and get a publishing deal and you're in a different different kind of area. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's not because, oh, I've always written music, it's so easy. It's not easy. Right, uh, okay, not sorry, when, I not shouldn't you want it to be. Oh, no, but it's like, you know, we want, we want born women, we want it to be good. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're actually, I think we're getting to a point, like, we're going to start working on our third full-length album and we're kind of feeling more pressure about this one than the last one okay and so i'm like i'm feeling very vulnerable about like oh are these lyrics good enough am i singing good enough you know i don't know have you written all Um, the songs yet no not all of them but it's i don't know it's interesting like i i think that the practice of teaching these safer space workshops over Mm -hmm. the last six years I think I am just you. I'm more used to being one person in front of a group of people saying, "Hey, you're going to do this, okay?" Ah, yeah. and, okay. And, and so, like that kind of helps. That kind of helps with this book. I can yeah. say, "Yeah, I am an expert at this. I've been yeah. doing this yeah. for a while." Awesome. You're living the experiences. I know some stuff. Yeah, yeah. How, and how do you and there's something about. Well, I want to speak to the fact that by you know writing lyrics and singing in a band and performing mm. and all that. Like that, there's something inherently vulnerable in being a singer. Absolutely. Um, and especially if you're like talking about personal stuff, which I don't do a ton of in this band, but I do a little bit. Mm. Um, and I'm still judged, you know, even if it's not a personal story in the yeah. song, I'm still judged. Is Absolutely, it good or not? Yeah. But, um, but like your voice, you can't tune it like a guitar, you yeah. know, like it's no. not always going to perform for you the way you expect it to and so it's just a really raw open feeling and so the i don't know uh the the process of the two things is just so different Mm. um that i i don't even know that it's like comparable how do you get through those moments of vulnerability when you're writing i mostly just um admit it (laughs) <laughs> yeah um it's good to just be like i'm feeling vulnerable right yeah. now because i am not sure if this part is good yeah um i think do you saying admit it that out to loud yourself helps. or to the band oh both okay absolutely yeah. both <laughs> yeah do you write as a um, band um we write some stuff as a band uh, uh but the my lyrics are pretty pretty internal for yeah. me they're okay. pretty much just me yeah um but the thing is i've been I've been in a band with Brooks Harlan, who plays guitar in War and Women. Yeah. Um, we were in a band together before War and Women. Ah. And so we've been writing music together for a very long time. Okay. So we are a really good team mm-hmm. and we um, balance each other out, you know? like Yeah, and there's trust there. My, yes, so all those things. So, like, he is a great editor Mm-hmm. for my ideas yeah. and I absolutely need an editor mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. and I and I knew I would but I, I that really solidified for me when I wrote this book. I was okay. like, yeah, I'm just a person that needs an editor. Like I've got yeah. the ideas and the heart and the I'll yeah. do the work and uh but I just need someone to go snip snip snip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hemingway actually said one of my favorite quotes which is write drunk edit sober. Oh, <laughs> the point of that is not that you should be actually drunk when you write. The point is that you should be 
Uh, your guard should you be sh- down. Y- yeah. Your guard should be down, and you shouldn't be you shouldn't be going through any filters. You should just be letting it flow. And next day, when you come back to it and yeah. you listen back or read back, that's when you that's when you engage your your critical thinking. That happens to me a lot. Yeah, I've started writing my own stuff, and I start with some lyrics, and then from that, work on the other elements. But I um, I've written two so far, and the first one. I wrote it and then came back the next day or the day, whatever it was. And I was like, shit, Eminem came out. Let's just <laughs> let's just redo that one. It's a really good tactic because yeah. I'm like, oh, I was a bit angry. And you, can, you can't really do them both at the same time. No, I don't no think. that's right. Definitely not. Right. Well, right. no, and, but I think a lot of people fall short there because they, when they're writing, they judge it straight away. Mm. And, yeah. and I find that even producing as well is that I try not to judge my production ideas. You know, you have an idea and you go, oh, let's try it. And it mightn't sound great straight up. Yeah. But you've got to keep on following that process through. Well, I have to listen to yes. songs two or three times before I decide if I like it or not because yeah. there's never really a song that I'll listen to first time around and go, oh, I love that. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's new. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with this yet. So I need to need to have a, a few more goes before I really decide. Now you might think I'm bullshitting here, but War on Women, I loved that from the first bar. The first <laughs> bar that I heard, I went, okay, this is my kind I'm of in. band. And then it just kept on getting better and better and better. And I was like, I'm totally nice. into this. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm it so is glad. brilliant. It is brilliant. The the two albums I've listened to are incredible. The words are so, like, I can just resonate with almost all of your songs. You know, they're so powerful. Um, mm. I think what you're doing is incredible. I'm looking forward to the next album. Yeah. You'll have yeah, to no let us pressure. Know when, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll have to let us know when that comes out so we can uh, we can put it onto our, our playlist. Oh, yeah. Give us, give us a year. Eventually. Well, in the meantime, yeah. you've got to come to Sydney and join us because yeah. the weather's so bloody nice. Come, we'll do some some uh, <laughs> songwriting in the studio together. Think about the inspiration oh my sitting gosh. on the beach. Do you have any idea how much I would love like a writer's retreat? I would love that so much. Let's but, do like, it. We'll set one up. We gotta we've keep got to, our we've got day to keep jobs. Our studio Who's gonna here? pay for that? Oh, I don't know. We'll figure that out. That's just the details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for this chat. It's been brilliant. It's been absolutely Absolutely brilliant. Your Aww. stories, your advice. As I said, your book, I can't wait to get my hands on that. We'll have to go down to the bookshop and get ask them, them to order, order two copies. copies. Please yeah. do. And, Thank you very um, much. I'm glad you're feeling better. Me too. Me <laughs> Thanks too. Heaps, and, and, and you know what? Now that I am feeling better, I got to get back to work. I got to I got to get back out there and be an ally and and Brilliant. get my activism on. Amazing. So nice. that someone else can take a break if they need it. I like it. Look forward to seeing your future work. <laughs> Thanks guys. Mm. Thank you so much Shauna. Come on let's go now. Come on let's get it, get it. Follow this flow now. Come on and bounce with it. Come on let's go now. Come on let's get it, get it. Follow this flow now. We're about to witness.